Since 1973, Tattoo Charlie's has been an established body modification studio in Kentucky. Featuring world-renowned artists and piercers, currently with locations on Preston Highway and in Lexington. A staple point in the tattoo community. Learn more at TattooCharlie's.com. Set up your appointment today at 7904 Preston Highway. Our tattoos are done while you wait. Visit 21st Amendment Tavern. Located in a Germantown neighborhood at the corner of Burnett and Shelby. 21st Amendment Tavern has great drinks and amazing food from head chef Andrea Estes. Also at the tavern, the Metal Forge Live is featured with doors at 9 and shows at 10 and just 5 bucks. Head on out to 21st Amendment Tavern. To the Metal Forge. I'm your host, Mark Jackson, and I'm going to be pounding out the best regional metal for you tonight. If you're new to this show, pick up your hammer and get down with some of these featured guests. Got any questions or comments? Send them to MetalForgeRadio at gmail.com. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? It is the Metal Forge, and I'm your host, Mark Jackson. Thank you all for tuning in today. It is high noon on March the 6th. And my guest today will be Brian Omer of the Stonecutters, Louisville Metal Legends. And by the time you are hearing this, they will be actually out on the road going to their first date on their March Radness Tour, which will be in Two Rivers, uh, Wisconsin at Whiskey D's. Uh, then they're going to be going all the way back up until March the 15th, ending in Brooklyn, New York at St. Vitus. That's going to be a really cool fucking tour because it's going to have Toxic Ruin and Lich King on there with them. And I think they're flip-flopping uh, who's headlining and, and closing those nights, which is super fucking cool. But before I get into all of that, I do want to sit there and I want to uh, say... The the audio quality is good. You can hear everything that we're going to say. But closer to the end of the interview, the the dickhead baristas at Starbucks started banging shit around just to be dicks. So, because I think they wanted us out of there so they could close. Um, we were within their hours of operation. But, you know, it, it's just one of those things that kind of sucks. But, um, so yeah, you know. This past week, we've had some crazy weather, you know, like in Nashville, tornadoes had went through, and actually one of the uh, one of the damaged places, the building was demolished, was the basement east, and, you know, there was a record store, Grimey's, that was there and everything, and Metallica at one time had recorded a live album from there, and, you know, it was, it's Nashville legend, apparent, you know, to, to play there, so... That sucks. That's another place gone. But they have said that they will be back no matter what, which is awesome. And and all of the staff was was uh, was safe as well. Uh, but yeah, looking through Loudwire, there's some interesting news articles. Apparently, Saliva Powerman Five Thousand are going to be doing a new metal revival tour with Adema, Andrew W. Boss, and Flaw. Um, <laughs> it looks like it's a club tour, uh, as opposed to like any kind of, uh, amphitheaters or anything like that. It's the Vogue in Indianapolis starting the tour out in June 25th, going all the way to, uh, July 26th in Laconia, New Hampshire at Granite State Music Hall. Um, so yeah, if you're into new metal, um, those bands, check it out, I guess, um, that's cool. Uh, just kind of a thing. Apparently, uh, Ghost is uh, having a new lead singer, Papa Emeritus IV, introduced. Uh, Cardinal Copia is out, so that'll be interesting. But the real meat and potatoes of this is, is um, I wanted to do a review for the Ordinary Man album 
from Ozzy, you know. And listening to the album, it's definitely interesting, to say the least. And I guess what I'm trying to say is, is... nothing really surprises me with it. It was exactly what I wanted it to... It was exactly what I figured it would be, and it was exactly what it... what it more than likely was going to be with, you know, Ozzy writing and recording an album in 2020. I'm not saying it's a bad album. Uh, I'm not saying it's a good album either. It's an Ozzy album, especially in the later... Uh, part of his career um, especially down to earth black rain scream um, and this you know it's definitely one of those it's definitely an album that I it's weird to me is all I is all I can say um, musically it's not great musically it's not bad either it's more of an indifferent album there are good songs there are bad songs in my opinion but the biggest takeaway i i got from this was the last two tracks featured uh the the 10th track on the album which is it's a raid uh features post malone which i kind of figured because ozzy working with his producer and the involvement of Kelly getting those two together, I thought that it was going to be, you know, I didn't expect to see him so prominent on this album with one song being featured on and then having an actual song of his that features Ozzy. It seems like they just kind of piggybacked him on to get him to sell a million records because everybody knows that Ozzy's going to sell a million records because it's Ozzy. That could be a little far-fetched and an unpopular opinion on my part, but I I own that opinion. That's just you know it's like I said it's not a great album it's not a it's not a bad album it's just an indifferent album and honestly you know the uh, to me there's really only three really good songs on the album and that is the title track uh, Ordinary Man which features Elton John. Under the Graveyard, and uh, Scary Little Green Men. Everything else on the album, to me, is uh, is pretty well a throwaway track. But, you know, I was still going to go see him live, because it's Ozzy, despite any issues I've ever had with his PR, you know. Um, but, you know, that sucks. But it's part of the game, I suppose. But if if you like Ozzy, definitely check it out. You probably won't be disappointed. Uh, not as bad as, I guess, Black Rain was disappointing. <laughs> Sorry, that was probably a, a deep a deep cut there. Um, if you're looking for the Blizzard of Oz, if you're looking at um, Bark at the Moon, or even, you know, like Osmosis, this is not going to be that album for you. If you're looking for any of those, just skip it. If you're looking for, you know, Millennium Era Ozzy, like I said, uh, Down to Earth, Black Rain, Scream, this will be what you want because it's more along that same line. I don't know. You, I can't even say that Black Rain would be a, a good representation because that's a different era for Ozzy. It's a little, it, to me, it's a little bit darker, but I digress. But if you like Ozzy, if you, if you are a nut for completing discographies, which I kind of am, um, get it. I don't think you'll be disappointed. And if you are, you know, it's, I think it was $11 at Walmart. So you're not going to be out much money. And yeah, I mean, you might like a few of the tracks on there. So definitely get it if you, if you like Ozzy. So before we get into this interview with Brian, thank you to everybody who subscribes on Patreon. Thank you to our business sponsors. Um, thank you to, you know, you fans, you listeners, you know, because without you guys, 
I wouldn't be able to do the show and it's, and it's fucking awesome and it's really fun to do. And I like putting out new episodes every week and turning people on to new musicians, new bands, uh, whatever you want to say, uh, new artists, you know, because it's totally fucking cool. And that's what matters is, you know, that to me anyways. So, um, keep on keeping on and keep tuning in and we're getting better and better each week and i appreciate you guys so okay so here's something i'm interested in doing i want your old local music so if you have bands from the um 80s and 90s and way early 2000s like no later than like 2004 if you have any kind of metal um no matter if it's uh thrash death um whatever uh 80s, 90s, and up until like 04. Send me some info at metalforgeradio at gmail.com. Uh, share some stuff with me because I want to do, I want to look into some of these older things. Okay? And and kind of talk to those people as well. See where they're at now. So like I said, uh, anything 80s, 90s, uh, till about 2004, send it to metalforgeradio at gmail.com. And we will do our best here to get in contact with people and maybe do some follow-up interviews. Here is Sign of the Pentagram by Stonecutters. The way you walk is thorny, through no fault of your own. But as the rain enters the soil, the river enters the sea. So tears run to a predestined end. Find peace for a moment, my son.
All right, so I'm sitting here at Starbucks with Brian Omer from the Stonecutters. Brian, how you doing, man? I'm doing great, thanks. This is your first time on the show. I played you all several times when it was on the FM deal. So tell everybody out there about Stonecutters. Um, Stonecutters have been together since about 05, 06. We've had some lineup changes. Um, people ask us, so I'll say the name did come from a Simpsons episode. It did? Where Homer became a member, honorary member of the Stonecutters. Actually, he was the leader. Yeah, because he had the birthmark. He had the birthmark yeah. of the hammers. Yeah. Yes. Which, yes, was, which I have tattooed on me as well. Absolutely, yeah. dude. That's awesome. And you had a, a shirt of that as well. Yeah. Jeff Gaither drew a killer um, Homer Simpson Stonecutters, like, like just like the episode, oh, yeah. except Gaither-ish. Oh, yeah. The, stitched and the, bloody the, and stuff. It's kind of actually the Gigi. Zombie. It's a Gigi Homer, Gigi Allen. Yeah, definitely. It's Homer Simpson <laughs> thing. He had on the, the robe and all. And, I don't know. It's kind of gotten to be a lot iconic for us. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Jeff's actually alumni of the show. He's been on before, so awesome. good He's stuff. done quite a few shirts for us, a few different designs. It's, and he just did your all's recent EP, the 7 inch. He did, yeah. He did the Zombies for the Living Dead, which is a tribute to Return of the Living Dead. Right. It has the sample at the beginning, which they blow up Louisville at the end. Yeah, definitely. Um, if you haven't seen the movie. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Right. <laughs> I just gave away the ending. But, oh, um, it's over now. I mean, it came <laughs> out in like 1982 it. or something, didn't yeah, it? So I think people, I think it's safe at this point. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you've got how many albums? Is it five albums in an EP or five full lengths in an EP? Yes. Okay. Yes. And um, self-titled, which we also call the Death of Me, Christ Hammer, Creatio Ex Nihil, um, Blood Moon. And Carved in Time is the latest full length, and then the Living Dead EP. Nice. I'm pretty sure I have all of those except for the EP. Awesome. I appreciate you, Mark. That's awesome. <laughs> um, do you all, uh, with as many albums that and songs that are out there, do you have a favorite song you have ever written? Favorite song? I mean, I really like the Living Dead. I think the the last thing we did. I like to think if they they get better as they go. Right, so. and it's a, and it's a creative process. To me, I've always thought that it's a, you can't get this album without this album. Yeah. Without it's, going through it. It's somewhat stacked. The band is really strong. Like, the members I'm playing with are fantastic right now. Um, why don't you go ahead and tell everybody else who is all currently in um, Stonecutters. Nick Burks is the other guitar player singer. Right. Um, Kevin Redford has been with me for 15 years, I bet, now on bass. And um, Chris Christopher J. Smith is on drums here, and um, he's fantastic. So, and this is the the lineup that has done the last two full length albums. And well, Chris did the EP, and he's okay. been touring with us and playing with us for about three or four years. And okay. He does all the he does all the material. Um, the carved in time we had a. Had a kind of a temporary drummer there, stuck with us for a little bit, but he did the album, and then we've had Chris ever since. Okay. You know, when you when when musicians write, and you know, I've always I mention this all the time because, I, and it's like I have to preface this is when when we all write songs, when it's in the infancy stage, do you give what's the craziest working title you've ever given to a song? Oh wow, Revere with Thou Hast Burnt. Um, that's one of our song titles. That's a pretty crazy one. Um, that's song Creatio Ex Neo. I mean, the song Creatio Ex Neo is creation through destruction, right. basically. Um, kind of like just demolishing everything and starting anew. It's basically kind of what that means in Latin. Creation through annihilation. Um, I don't know. I try to get fucked up song titles. And, right. Uh, kind of try to get out there as out there as possible provoking that. thought yeah provoking which is what thought. which is what matters you know and we, you know we keep it dark and you know the name is kind of from Simpsons happy I don't want to say happy but we turned it into something else right because I mean you all do have a pretty heavy tone and yeah. you know our stuff's pretty melancholy we don't really write a lot of happy stuff it's all pretty dark but sad at times and and um, I don't know. The, the crazier, the better, and 
we like to delve into. But we're not a black metal band, but we do like to keep it kind of keep it dark. If you, I try to steer away from the genre thing, and then I know this right. is like the metal forge. But I've had punk bands, I've had artists, I've had rock bands. You know, I've had metal bands on the show. I've even played a country song or two yeah. at a time because it's heavy in thought. Mm-hmm. So if you were to stick yourself in any, I know you're. I hate yeah. that. I hate that. But if you were to say, I would you be closer to death or closer to Megadeth? Okay. Uh, <laughs> actually, I like both. So that's kind of a tough question. So, yeah. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see I parts of both depending I mean, on what I listen to. I would definitely say we're metal, but um, we kind of are influenced by all over the board. Like, I mean, I grew up playing hardcore. Right. And um, I don't want to say metal. It was. I it like, wasn't like, metalcore at the time. I'll, I mean, we were into kind of we were into agnostic front sick of it all, Chromax kind of style before the metalcore, even before Hatebreed came along. Right. So you know, and they kind of made it more metal and stuff, and we were kind of mixing a little bit of Sabbath with the hardcore back then. And so, I think geographically where we are, we kind of take from west and east coast, south, north. You know, I love the Detroit scene. I love the Texas. Oh, yeah. You know, and everything in between. So we mesh it a bit. But like I said, I would definitely say it's metal. But um, I don't want to say it's straight death metal. And it's not just hardcore. It's kind of this it's the, big ball of we love grindcore. We, love, we like black metal. And kind of mesh it together and you know because we have like acoustic parts which are not really in hardcore no not at all know? really so we get these eerie acoustic interludes mixed with fast slow uh, we like to change it up and just be ourselves do and, our own thing and i think you all have a very with doing that seeing you all live when i have you've played with some pretty diverse bands you've played with uh some blues bands before, and it and it works. <laughs> yeah, they have. I mean, no, I you, you play so many shows though. You all, you all go on tour. I do remember we about, joked about it. it was funny, and one I think it was the same week we played with Deicide and Nashville Pussy, <laughs> two different shows. It was nice. kind of bizarre, <laughs> but um, honestly, the Deicide show was a little more upper alley, and it was kind right. of better, well received. But you know, we'll play with rock and. And metal and punk and stuff. And oh, yeah, that's, not, and I think that's what scared. it's about. Yeah. If you could have written an album or song from anybody else in history, what would it be? If I could have written another a song? From yeah, if you could have written a song from somebody else, what would it be? Oh, God. Um, I'd have to maybe say Orion by Metallica. Mm. Um... I like a lot of stuff off Rust in Peace. I mean, I'm thinking of, like, artists here, yeah. personally. I mean, I, I, my top three bands that are influenced, I would say, are Neurosis, Death. I kind of say this usually, and Iron Maiden. Nice. So it may be Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner or something. Um, fan of the opera. I love playing these songs just in general. Yeah. So I would like to say it. You know, it'd be cool if I wrote that. So you you mentioned rhyme and you mentioned Phantom. So are you a, a Deano fan or or a Dickinson I, fan? I like them both a lot, but if I had to choose, um, it's Blaze Bailey, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't hate on him either. No, actually. not at all. <laughs> but because uh, he actually has. Uh, Clansman is a great song. Yeah, man, I love and I and love I, the way Bruce sings Clansman. I saw it this past year. Same with Sign of the Cross. Oh yeah, you know he sings those songs like he was meant to. He like, was kind of meant to sing those. I feel right because his versions on the live stuff are amazing. Well, and it's a, probably a thing too where Steve probably wrote the lyrics to him. So right, true. Because he writes most of their Bruce, lyrics. Bruce, stuff. I think that shows Bruce's character that he's mm-hmm. not afraid. Oh no, to sing this, even like the song Iron Maiden or Oh yeah, Phantom Running Free. He's like, yeah, I'm on it. Yeah, no worries. And They're I think songs. he does I'll killer jobs on those too. Definitely. Uh, you know, it's, it's crazy. I was watching YouTube today, flipping through, and um, Diano, somebody, he had just played Phantom of the Opera, sang it. You know, still, this was 2012. He's way 
out of Iron Maiden at that point. Oh, yeah. And he sang it, and at the end of the set, somebody yells, Bruce Dickinson. And he went to about a three-minute tirade of, fuck you, I'm not Bruce Dickinson. Wow. I'm not opera. He kind of, <laughs> kind, of, kind of shut him down pretty quick, and the guy was like, I'm sorry, yelling from the crowd. I think the guy didn't mean any offense. But um, but it's one of those it things. He probably he's heard that too many times. Oh he, yeah, he reacted pretty much like kind of a little bit like we're not doing that, right? And it, it and he was like this is this is running free, and then he went into his Iron Maiden, another Iron Maiden that he's hanging on. So he's like I'm, I'm keeping it I'm keeping it punk, right? You know the way it was intended. Me. Yeah, it's probably he probably shut him down so quick, probably because it's the. Uh, you know, playing in a local band, or you know, I say local band, regional he band. He felt offended by it. Right. It's the yeah. it's the Freebird thing. Right. Somebody yells yeah. out Freebird. It's bullshit. Right. I get it. Um. So why do you why do you play music? What why is it What music? is it for you that music does for you? Everything. Um, I mean, I started at a young age. Um, my, my grandmother played piano. My mom played piano. I started on piano. And then my brother at about, he was about 14 or 15, I was about 9 or 10, he had started playing guitar, and I was like, I want to do that. And um, I started taking lessons with, with him, like we would do back-to-back lessons, he would do one, I would do one. Right. And I would like to think I got a little better than him, he still plays and he's pretty good, but I just, I took it, I took it on more, practiced harder, and um I remember, like, coming home from school, around middle school, freshman year maybe, and I sat down and learned the whole Master of Puppets album. And I just kind of went from there. I just, like, I was already kind of learning scales, and I, my guitar teacher didn't know anything about metallic at the time. Oh, no. But I kind of... Because that was school, underground then. It was. I remember in high school, there was, like, four or five of us that were into Metallica. And now they're, like, everybody knows right. about them. You know, this was like right before, right when Cliff died, right when they got, um, right before Injustice, around the time Injustice for All came out. Okay. I was like enormous fan of Metallica, I mean, I'll be honest. And it kind of grew into that, and I kept going. And, you know, their skills at the time, Metallica skills, were actually good. Right. You know, people will harp on Lars pretty bad. Yeah. Like Kirk too, but at that time the songwriting was amazing. Oh right, and yep. um, and Iron Maiden too. I was really into Iron Maiden as a kid. Right, and that was right around the uh, somewhere in time Kirk, era. Power Slave. Power Slave. Yeah, yeah. I guess it was more somewhere in time. Was I was big into them. It started around actually around Number of the Beast. Right. Um, so I was into Bruce. That's why if you ask Bruce or Diano. I would have to say peace of mind, number of the beast, a tad over the first two. I know people are going to take offense to that. Uh, But I I love the first two. It's pretty equal, but Bruce just kind of, he was what they needed to get into heavy metal royalty. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, very much so. And Deano, he was, I don't know, Bruce just kind of took it to the next level. Well, I mean, and then plus they shifted out and took uh, Nico on as well at the same time Bruce came in, so... I also always loved the dual guitar thing with like Maiden and Metallica and Slayer. And I've always kind of done the two guitar with my own victim, Jeff Toy and all. Right. Just, I've always liked having another guitar do harmonies. Judas Priest. Oh, very much so. Yeah. What inspires your music, typically? You, you You said a minute ago that it was usually dark and, you know, sometimes sad, but... You don't write a lot of happy songs. So what, I know that's a broad question, but if you were to able to pinpoint any certain thing, what would ins- what inspires the thing, you to write? The thing inspires, um, I mean, depends on movies with lyrics. I actually read a lot that inspires lyrically. I go to, I go to a show or two a week. I do the Metal Mondays where I'm seeing live music. And actually, right. that's, it's been inspiring for me, you know, to see another band go at it real hard and last night I saw Tom Kiefer from Cinderella <laughs> and um, his guitar playing is fantastic I mean he was it's great he played piano he sings his voice is kind of a little rough but that was inspiring um, 
different things. I mean, being on the road, like we've been touring like mad, and I'm seeing a lot of, a lot of we go to museums and we try to get a lot out of it. Right. You know? So it's not all just... So it's not all just... Drink and play a show and right. and sleep in the van or... I like for it to be a big learning experience, you know? Right. I mean, I like to see neat things. Before we even go to the city, I'll look up things that I've kind of wanted to see in that town, like Pittsburgh. We go to Carnegie. We've done that twice. Museum, natural history. It's phenomenal. It's huge. And um, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in right. Cleveland. We yeah. check that out. <laughs> And um, different things inspire me. So, you when you uh, do quick shot tours and a quick you know, like a quick shot where it might be like fourteen dates, fourteen fourteen do shows like around that. Do you do you try to plan a day or two here and there between certain things so you can spend like especially if it's a new city or anything? Yeah, usually we like for it to be free. But <laughs> You know, like right. Carnegie, some of these museums will pay if, right. it's, if it's a big thing and we've, you know, come a long way out there. The $900 price tag at the uh, Rock and Roll Hall yeah. of Fame. <laughs> if you get everything with it. Right. <laughs> I know some of the drives in California, West Coast, were absolutely just jaw-dropping. Oh, yeah. And it just almost makes you reevaluate existing uh, I always thought it was interesting coming back from California through, like, Utah and stuff like that. Utah's beautiful. The, the, the north up there. Really, the, the south coming down, like New Mexico, Arizona, Nevada. Oh, love it. Southern California. It's it's probably my favorite. It's unbelievable. Every, every like, Utah's got its awesomeness, too. <laughs> 100 miles between exits. Right. <laughs> with, with habitation. Uh-huh. <laughs> really, some drive like Indiana and stuff, which I love playing in some parts of Indiana, but some drives, Kansas can be. Oh, don't get me started on Kansas. Oh, flat, boring, <laughs> same thing. Um, Topeka is the land at time forgot. Yeah. There is no 24-hour road service or nothing. Oh, wow. Van broke down on our tour, and I had to wait on the, on the highway until like 9 the next morning. Right. <laughs> And it broke down at 11 o'clock at night. Jesus. (laughs) Uh, There's been some drives that have been just spreads of nothingness for hours and hours. It'll be like... And it's Kansas and Nebraska and South Dakota, if you've ever went through there. So, um, Do you have a favorite city or venue to perform in? I mean, I probably played the most at at Max in Lansing, Michigan. Max Bar, and that's always been really good to us. Uh, we played small fest there. I mean, it's okay. Okay, thank you. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's kind of like Uncle Pleasant's new vintage style. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, I've just been going there since the band has started, and uh, that's always fun. There's certain cities that have been good to us. Um, actually, Boston was pretty good. We're hitting that up next month again. Um, Louisville, we always draw fantastic. Right. In our hometown. Um, got, you know, Indianapolis, Cincy, uh, Texas, we've always done pretty good. We hit Texas, deal. yeah. Texas loves the metal. They really do. No they, matter. They do. Almost, I mean, you can go anywhere. It's Houston. Kind of well, the more south, the more the, they like the more, it. Yeah, the more, yeah, the heavier they get. They yeah. want it. They like, they're ready for it. Very much so. Um, one more question before I start rap, uh, the rapid fire deal here. Uh, if you could have played any concert from day, major concert from days gone past, what would it be? If I could have played any major concert. Yeah. Table, we've been lucky to open up for most of my favorite bands. Yeah. You know, Obituary, um, like I said, Deicide, um, Anthrax, Squar a few times. Yeah. We just did a little run with Goat Whore. We did, we did like three shows with him. That was fun. We did a few with, with Guar. Right. Um, I mean, I, I really can't complain. I mean, one of the best concerts I ever saw was Clash of the Titans. So maybe I'd have to say that. Yeah. 
that was that was a Slayer Anthrax Megadeth on their monumental albums, Rust in Peace, Since It's the Time, Season of the Abyss. But I was like 15 years old. Oh so. yeah, so. But um, those Expo Five shows, we got to yeah. play some big. We we you, big we did the there. Anthrax thing together on that one. That's right. So that was all. That was super fun. Anthrax Testament Death Angel. That's right. Yeah. 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 And that was great. That was fun times. I'll never forget. And I was I was shocked to find that you know I was taller than Scott Ian. And if right, anybody so out there knows me, I'm, I'm not a tall guy. <laughs> <laughs> I've got kind of a funny story with Anthrax. It's what we played with them. John Bush was with them. Oh, wow. At Coyotes. And um, I actually got ripped. That So that was a victim show then? Um, no, this was we, we didn't get to play with them. I was just oh, at, oh, at this oh, you an, went to. I was at an Anthrax show. I got annihilated, I'll admit it. I was in the pit, <laughs> ruling the pit, and I got a meet and greet afterwards. And it was the one time I would say I made an ass of myself in front of a band. And it wasn't, it was more super fan, anthrax, I love you guys. Scott Ian was like, I'm out of here, who is this guy? Da da da. But John Bush kind of laughed it off and gave me a hug, but I learned a lesson. You know, it was a lot, I was younger. Yeah. And um, it was kind of crazy. But at, when I woke up, I was like, oh, my God. I just ran my mouth. I was kind of getting mouthy loud in front of anthrax, but it was, like, all good. I mean, <laughs> So that would probably uh, be the answer to uh, the spinal tap question. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was, that was the spinal But, I'm, you know, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking they were hanging out with Dimebag. I'm sure Dimebag got ripped and wild oh, yeah. and crazy. And I was... At that level of drunkenness and right. having a good time, and but maybe I went a little overboard. I did all the talking. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I get it. It was kind of funny. I I actually have a uh, one of my band CDs autographed by them. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> that's even better. That's funny. <laughs> nice, nice. Um, okay, so let's rapid fire some questions here because. The coffee shop is soon closing. Yeah. Oh, you have a favorite film? Favorite film? Um, I like Return of the Living Dead a lot. Um, Black Sabbath, the movie. Definitely. Um, big fan of that one. I mean, I like 80s movies like The Jerk, Meatballs, <laughs> Bill Murray, Steve Martin kind of stuff. Okay. I could go on. I'm a big horror movie. I like, I'm weird. I like a lot of silent Lon Chaney films. I, I have three that. tattoos of them. Really? Um, Phantom of the Opera, Hunchback, Quasimodo, and London After Midnight, which is a lost film. Nice. I just have stills from that movie. Wow. So I'm a big movie buff. I, I like that stuff. Well, good deal. Yeah. Uh, do you have an ultimate jam? Ultimate jam? Yeah. Um, I mean, I really like the song Dechristianized by Vital Remains that Glenn Mint. Glenn Benton sings on. If you haven't heard it, check it out. It's like Ingve playing death metal and Wow meets Deicide. That's that's an incredible song. Uh, I don't know. It's probably an Iron Maiden tune. Um, I have a lot of jams. I, hardcore. I've been listening to Sick of It All again, and I really like a lot of their songs and the energy. The first Chromags and you know we used to work at Earx to see oh, for right, seven yeah. years, so I delved into some. Yeah, you were, you all were stuff. the forefront. I was the metal guy there. Yeah, but they were the forefront of, you know, being able to order stuff that you couldn't get here in America anymore. A lot of imports. Yeah, yeah. you all had a ton of that stuff that you could get. Now we would order whatever people wanted. We could yeah. dig it up and find it. And oh that yeah, was, that was. It's crazy how the music industry has flipped upside down. Right, since then. with it's, all the digital stuff. And, yeah, I mean, this was before. MySpace and any any of that stuff, mm-hmm. you know. So Absolutely. Now it's everybody's Spotify, and right? There's really no money in that. Not I've, for not for musicians that are independent. Right. Unfortunately, yeah. that's the unfortunate thing about it is that if you're Metallica or your Megadeth, Anthrax, Slayer. Taylor Swift, you know. There's money in it for those people, just like radio. I was reading something where, like, the biggest Spotify um, play guy, I think it was, like, a rap guy, maybe, 
from the biggest one, I think he made three thousand dollars. Really? I was just like, man, that's the that's the most played song or something. That's that's it's, insane. It exploded. I know Metallica at the end of 2019 posted theirs, and they hit from January 1st to December 31st. They hit a billion streams. Really? On there, and it's like, wow. I did see where Pantera just got a billion, billion streams. So. That's insane. That's the way it's going now. That's the way it is. Definitely. Uh, do you have a guilty pleasure? Guilty pleasure? Oh, God. I'm afraid I'm... There's certain artists I'm, I'm afraid to mention. That <laughs> is it going to ruin the cred? It's going to ruin the cred. Um, God. I mean, non-metal. I don't know if it's guilty, but I love Nick Cave. I'm a big oh. Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds fan, but I'm proud of that. I don't. I don't know if that's a, that could be considered a guilty pleasure. You that's, know, I yeah, said ELO. I said ELO. Uh huh. Yeah. And somebody good. was like, "That's ELO kicks ass. That's that's nothing. That's not a, nothing to be a guilty pleasure." <laughs> this and Nick gets, Cave, I'd say, is the same way. Uh huh. Yeah, he's fantastic. I, I really like him. Um, there's a few Machine Head albums I like. I know he gets hated on like crazy, but um, I think he writes some good songs. Great guitar player. Just saw him in concert again. Yeah, like last. Yeah, last week. Yeah, and um, probably get some shit for that. But um, I was a big Violence fan anyway. He was a thrash oh, yeah. fan before that. So oh, definitely. Always gave Machine Head a chance. I could, but I could dig that. Uh, guitar playing's great in that band. It's the main reason. What is your greatest achievement as a musician? Oh God. If you could pick one. I mean, a lot of the bands I've gotten to open for, and playing playing Bogarts last year was amazing. With Guar, there's over 1,200 people. Um, a lot of the Mile Victim going to Europe. Right. Um, when albums used to sell, our second album, No Voice, No Rights, No Freedom, sold, I think, over 30,000 copies. Wow. And um, Stonecutters have sold a ton of records. And... To be a DIY band like we are, and to sell, I think we've sold, I want to say, six, seven hundred records on our own, right? Thousands of CDs. I'm pretty proud of that. You yeah. know, that's kind of hard in this today's market of digital download and the free physical free. I don't know. Don't say free, but physical product, right? Is uh, is a hard sell. I don't, I don't want to say it's hard, but a lot. Of, it's a niche market. When it when it's ten dollars from iTunes and you don't have to worry about holding something, it's all right there. It, it is a hard market to sell physical copies. I'm personally the, the weird guy. This is I'm probably the only one in the world. No, that I know where you're going with this. <laughs> still buys physical and listens. I'm kind of a little physical only. I yeah. love it. I love listening to stuff people give me or I buy. I always listen to it. Um, I'm going to jump on the Spotify train. I'll just keep putting it off. But, I understand. Uh, I need to do that. It was, I just got so much records and stuff. I came from the record store oh, yeah. place era, so I kind of hung on to that a bit. And I know that's kind of long gone. Now. Well, there's still guest room and underground sounds record stores. But, um, Matt Anthony. Matt Anthony. Uh, surface Noise and uh, Surface Better Days. Days is back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So I venture in there. I like to buy new, used, and, and new. And um, I feel like I'm supporting the artist more. Right. More. Absolutely. You know? yeah, I get it. Um, if heaven or hell exists, what do you want to hear whenever you arrive at wherever you think you're going? Um, I want to go to hell and hear Slayer. <laughs> It'll want, probably be I'm Taylor Swift. They're waiting for me, right? <laughs> it's funny. I, yeah, I teach guitar over here at Guitar Center. Right. That last little boy I was teaching while you're waiting for me, um, he asked me. He asked me. He's like, um, "So do you do you believe in God?" And he's like, "Just be straight with me." And um, this kid's like 13. Right. And um, I said, I, I said, well, to be honest, I'm. Um, Atheist, agnostic, I would say. And um, he was like, I appreciate your honesty. And I asked him back. He's like, yeah, my family, we go to church and stuff. Because I, would told, I told him about, I went to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and the Carnegie Museum, and there's dinosaur bones. There's a lot about evolution. 
and I, and we were talking about it a bit, and I told him I believe in science. You know, I mean, I think everybody hopefully believes in science, but um, I don't believe the Earth is flat. You know, <laughs> and I believe in dinosaurs, and I believe this stuff exists. And it's crazy because I grew up. My grandfather was a minister, and my father was pretty hard on me about about Jesus and learning that stuff. And I kind of it kind of made me go the other route with it. I kind of became intrigued in in um, the other the other side, so to say, so to say. So, um, I mean, I don't know if I believe in either. It's just kind of just live my life. Okay. Well, Brian, is there any shout outs you want to give? Um, I mean, we are leaving. We are leaving for tour um, March sixth. Big East Coast. Well, actually, we're going to uh, Milwaukee area first. Uh, yeah. Outside Milwaukee, and we venture over to like Boston, New York. I think it ends in New York, but we're going to the East Coast. Last show is at St. Vitus. Nice. In New York City. So we're gonna gonna end it there and um, have a great tour. Good deal. And um, I'm excited about. It. We're going out with Lich King. They're from um, Boston area. I think they're kind of different. New England-ish area. I don't think they all live in Boston. But um, they put on RPM Fest. But we're going out with Lich King, pretty good, really good thrash band, and Toxic Ruin from Milwaukee area. Awesome. Yeah, so those two bands. It's going to be fast thrash awesomeness. We're going to hopefully have a pit, a pit every night and everybody go crazy. Chaos. Hell yeah, that's what it's all about. So Brian, thank you. Um, thank you, Mark. I appreciate and this it. is my new. This will be my new sign off. Is we'll see you farther down the road. Sweet, appreciate you, buddy. Thank you.
visit the 21st Amendment Tavern. Located in a Germantown neighborhood at the corner of Burnett and Shelby, 21st Amendment Tavern has great drinks and amazing food from head chef Andrea Estes. Also at the tavern, the Metal Forge Live is featured with doors at 9 and shows at 10 and just 5 bucks. Head on out to 21st Amendment Tavern. Since 1973, Tattoo Charlie's has been an established body modification studio in Kentucky. Featuring world-renowned artists and piercers, currently with locations on Preston Highway and in Lexington. A staple point in the tattoo community. Learn more at TattooCharlie's.com. Set up your appointment today at 7904 Preston Highway. Our tattoos are done while you wait.